We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What is up, Thunder fans, and welcome to the Uncontested Postgame Podcast Edition. I am your host for tonight, Taylor Peterson. You can find me on Twitter at Taylor underscore P15. And like I said, I'm the host for tonight for a really, really fun one, really fun game. It's been a little while since I've done a postgame podcast and done a postgame podcast solo, so I'm excited to jump to a really fun one that I was uh, fortunate enough to be able to break down. Before I go any further, we are proudly part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and DailyThunder.com. And if you don't already, be sure to subscribe wherever you you listen to us um, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, your streaming platform of choice, as well as YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the above. You can find us there, so be sure to tune in and uh, leave us a five-star review. Uh, if you like what you're hearing, we'd really appreciate it. It helps us continue to grow this podcast, and uh, it really helps us interact with more of you all. Um, so we'd appreciate it if you would leave us a five-star review as well. So like I said, Thunder beats the Spurs, 130-114. to 114. Really, really fun game to break down. Uh, I apologize for for going a li- or starting this a little late here. For those of you who joined the live stream, um, have a wife who is un- unfortunately not able to take off during the holiday uh, period here, like I have been able to um, due, due to her job, and uh, therefore she has to wake up early tomorrow. And I had to feed a baby, so it sent me back a little bit, putting my notes together and jumping on. Uh, but I really appreciate all of you jumping in already. Uh, I already see some comments in the chat. Please keep dropping your comments and your questions as always. And I will be sure to end the podcast going through all of them uh, and, and answering all of those. So really appreciate you guys uh, joining in even here a little later than usual. Like I said, a really fun game to break down. And I have, like always, some of my big takeaways. The first of these is, you know, we, we can talk about Shea as a big takeaway for every single post game. But for tonight specifically, in a game where like he didn't just go absolutely supernova like he did, example for example, uh, gosh, all these games are blending together here during the holiday season. But uh, <laughs> I have a dog that just walked in. Hi, Rumble. Um, <laughs> Shea's defense specifically is what stood out to me tonight. So that's something we'll dive into a little more. Uh, Trey Mann is back. 
we'll get into that as well. Uh, Trey Mann is back. It kind of goes with something that Dignall mentioned post game, which we'll get into a uh, really good quote that ties into that. Giddy's big impact. I understand he didn't necessarily necessarily have a huge stat line tonight, but he did so much. And I want to get into that and kind of how that, uh, I think that can kind of tie in long-term uh, his fit with this team, his fit with Shea, etc. The Thunder bench. Absolutely huge one. This one's a little more matter, matter of fact. 68 bench points tonight, second most in OKC Thunder history. Uh, the Thunder's versatility starting to come to fruition. And then finally, fourth quarter defense, plus a fun defensive trend. I was talking to my guy Jacob after the game. He gave me a phone call on his drive back from Paycom. And uh, that was one of the things we, we touched on and talked about, which I, I thought would be kind of fun to bring up here. So a little step, step-by-step game summary. I honestly don't have a ton here, uh, but just some some pregame notes uh, before the game started. The Thunder starters for tonight, same as the last uh, handful of games, really. Shea, Lou, Giddy, J-Dub, and Poku, which is great to see. Awesome to see. It's been a really fun lineup uh, whenever they play together. Uh, unfortunately, Poku was not in that lineup for very long, and we'll see how much longer he's going to be in that lineup moving forward. Um, Pop called Sam Sammy pregame which is really cool uh he was asked i believe by a friend of the podcast clemente uh is, is who asked him about chip england coming with okc and pop you know this isn't verbatim obviously but pop had a funny quote basically saying that you know uh, he talked very highly about uh chip england and then had a funny quote about sam uh, he called him sammy uh you know knew what he was doing and and uh i forgot the term he used but um, basically said that he stole him from us and was kind of joking around. So that was that was kind of fun. Uh, again, Sam starting with San Antonio, being there when Pop was already there. It, it's really fun <laughs> listening to Pop call him Sammy. I just thought that was an interesting little tidbit. And obviously, Pop thinks very highly of Sam Presley, which is cool. And then Jay Will. Shout out Jay Will. Uh, uh, the other Jalen Williams from Arkansas had a triple-double with the blue tonight. and that or, Sorry, earlier today, not tonight. But he wasn't the only Thunder player uh, who played really well for the Blue. Omar Rui also played really well. Uh, and gosh, that's when blank. Lindy Waters the third had a really solid game as well. I want to say he had 21 points, uh, really good shooting, played well also. But J-Will had a triple-double, which is really cool to see. And I'm curious. Uh, like I said, I guess we can just go ahead and get into this. So very beginning of the game, Thunder get out to an 8-2 run. Poku hits a big three, but the next offensive position, he twists his knee. His ankle, I've seen some pe- people say ankle, was helped to the locker room, was not to be seen again. That's why I bring up J-Will, because we might be seeing a little more J-Will, especially, de- excuse me, depending on when um, J-Rob <laughs> gets back as well. Those are kind of two players to keep an eye on. Unfortunately, Poku was ruled out the rest of the game. The Thunder just left it very vague, called it a left leg injury. So we will see what that is. Uh, Dignall also left it vague post game. So it's just something to keep an eye on. It, it did not look good. Just going to be completely honest. Uh, Jacob, like I said, I was talking to him after the game. He was there and he had the same feeling. And so we're obviously fingers crossed, hoping it's nothing serious, no ligament damage, but it's something to keep an eye on. Uh, but in the meantime, maybe somebody like Jay will uh, That's why I bring him up. Uh, we'll be able to get some playing time and uh, hopefully Jay Rob <laughs> will get healthy as well. Uh, Baisley came in for Poku, which was interesting, and, and I kind of like that. Like, I get it. He was fine in the first half, didn't play a ton in the second half, 
the writing's kind of on the wall for Darius Baisley. That's about all I have to say there without spending too much time there. Uh, Josh Giddey in the first quarter became the second youngest player, 20 years and 78 days to reach 1,000 points, 500 rebounds, 500 assists, only behind LeBron James, which is pretty incredible. That was from Thunder PR. And the Spurs were essentially just packing the paint. Uh, Mark put Joe and Manon almost as soon as I tweeted about the Spurs, ironically enough, uh, packing the paint. Obviously, he saw it too. That opened the floor up a bit for Shea. Um, there was a, a weird play there in the first quarter that scared me a lot, where towards the end of the first quarter, where Shea bumped knees. I can't even remember who it was with the first player on a jump ball. He went over to the, the sideline and it looked like he had to get like cleaned up for a like court burn, kind of like maybe it was bleeding a little bit, um, but he was kind of limping on it. However, he stayed in and he seemed okay the rest of the game, knock on wood. So hopefully nothing serious, nothing that would keep him out long term, but worth noting. Second quarter, this is where I don't really have a ton. Josh Garter, uh, Josh Kitty started the second quarter with Trey, uh, Trey Mann, Aaron Wiggins, Kay Rich, and Darius Baisley. Pop got double technicals and ejected. Honestly, really weird because there wasn't like a ton. Like nobody seems to really know exactly what he was so upset about. Might just been one of those pop things where he was like, yeah, you know, might take tonight off. Uh, <laughs> not entirely sure. I mean, he did look really upset. But I thought that was uh, that was kind of fascinating. And in what could be Pop's last game coaching in OKC, he is ejected in typical Pop fashion. Uh, so no Pop. Brett Brown is actually who stepped up and coached the rest of the way for San Antonio, which is kind of fun. The Thunder were up 70-60 uh, at halftime. OKC was plus 12 from the three-point line and plus 12 from the free throw line compared to the Spurs, which obviously uh, was a big reason there for their advantage. Shea obviously <laughs> laid, led the, the way there from the free throw line. Thunder had 41 bench points to the Spurs 18, which obviously will be a theme. I'm not going to touch much on it here because we will get into it in more detail. Third quarter, Muskie starts for Poku. Uh, and Andrew Poku, obviously, he's announced out for the rest of the game. Kind of a gross quarter. Not a ton happened. More Trey Mann and Joe minutes together, which is something interesting. We've talked a lot about you know uh, Isaiah Joe taking some of those Trey Mann minutes. Well, they played a lot of minutes together tonight. Maybe some of that was Poku being out. But still, it's interesting, something to keep an eye on because they, they played a lot together. It was really nice. It opened the floor up for Shea, especially when Trey's playing the way he is, which we'll get into. Um, the Thunder left a lot of shooters open on the other end, a lot of San Antonio's uh, shooters open. But thankfully, they're making some back outside shots of their own, which kept them, uh, it kept that small lead that the Thunder possessed there in the third quarter. To that point, San Antonio outscores the Thunder 33 to 25 in the third. But OKC still had a 95 to 93 win. Uh, Shay, or sorry, win. <laughs> 90, 95 to 93 lead with Shea leading all uh, Thunder players with 24 points. Fourth quarter, this is where it gets really fun. Start the quarter with Giddy, J Dub, Man, Wiggins, Kenrich. Small ball. It was awesome. Giddy comes in, immediately drives in, uh, super aggressive, easy floater. We had a trace step back three. The step back is back. Uh, later in the quarter, just an absolutely absurd pass. You guys can go on our Twitter and, and see the video clip that I, you know, just in typical fashion recorded <laughs> from the TV screen. But you can see just an absolute laser pass where, um, where oh, actually, sorry, this this one was actually where Kitty uh, had Kenrich coming up as a quote unquote big man in the pick and roll. Kitty, or, uh, it, it draws two defenders. Kenrich rolls to the basket. Easy layup, immediately followed by Trey Mann finding Kenrich in transition. Thunder lead 107-96 with about nine minutes to go. Small ball is fun, and it just continues. J-Dub starts to do things. Uh, I called it a J-Dub takeover. He starts with a nice spin move down low into a one-handed slam. Looks like a big man down there. 
doing that. I, I can't remember who it was. It might have been Pertle, uh, but just an absurd move there from a a wing in J Dub. Giddy, this is the the pass I was getting at the absolute laser. This happened next, where Giddy is at the top of the key. J Dub uh, starts to go down for a pin screen uh, to the corner on the the. I can't remember who was in the corner for that player's man. Uh, it's almost like a Spain pick and roll. It was like a, a ghost screen or a phantom screen where he fakes the screen. He immediately uh, rolls to the basket for a wide open dunk. Giddy just fires a laser pass between two defenders to find. J Dub there for another dunk, and it was just it was amazing. You can find that on our on our, on our Twitter account, like I mentioned. Wiggins hits a three uh, with really nice ball movement. Timeout Spurs. It was just kind of an avalanche from avalanche from there. Something to note: Shea comes back in with about six minutes left, but Giddy was taken out. That was not who I expected to be taken out. Um, and and I think part of that was Trey Man was playing well, and Mark wanted him to ride that momentum. Uh, I also think he liked the spacing that that lineup provided around Shea. It's something to note, something to keep in an eye on. Uh, and essentially from there, like I said, it's just kind of an avalanche. Uh, really fun, uh, really kind of highlighted by a play with about 3.50 left in the, the quarter in, in the game where J-Dub gets a deflection on the left elbow. Uh, he runs a Spurs player, a run, outruns a Spurs player for the ball. I can't remember who that Spurs player was. Doing really great here on these, uh, these play recaps. <laughs> But he's able to keep the ball uh, from going out of bounds after it, it passes half court. Uh, he by diving for it, he tips it to an open tray man uh, under the basket, which leads to an easy transition bucket and just uh, it, an ultimate hustle play, an extremely fun J Dub play, which kind of was the exclamation point on a really nice run from J Dub. And after the game, he actually mentioned that uh, Dignall was showing the team plays uh, of where the team should have been diving for balls and being more aggressive. And J-Dub said he did not want to be on that next highlight reel or that next film clip that the, that the coaching staff chose the team. And so that's what led to that play, which is really cool and obviously great coaching as well on the Dignal side. We talked a lot about that so far this season. And then finally, Thunder up with about or up 20 with about 230 to go. And Dignal puts in another really kind of fun lineup who just maintained the league. That was about that. Really fun fourth quarter. A lot happened there. And some fun and important stats post-game that I think are worth mentioning here. Some of them kind of fit into themes, but I just kind of thought maybe they'd be more important to to mention here uh, at the end of the breakdown. Kind of to put, I mentioned an exc exclamation point on J-Dub's game, but kind of an exclamation point uh, on the Thunder's run here during the seven-game homestand. This is from our own Nick Crane. And Thunder have a plus 18 point differential over the past seven games. They're also winners of four of their last five. OKC is now 15 and 19, just one game out of the play-in. And for what it's worth, that plus 18 point differential is top half in the league right now, which is really impressive. And then our friends over at Daily Thunder tweeted this out. Uh, obviously, today is December 27th. Some of you will be listening to this on the 28th. But the Thunder nabbed its 15th win of the season in comparison to last year. They didn't get their 15th win until January 31st. So obviously some pretty impressive improvement there. And not to mention that's all without the team's maybe most significant offseason addition, Daily Thunder ads, and Chet Holmgren. So just some really fun stats there to, to mention and just kind of shows how well this team is playing. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shea Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shea Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Don- Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina wine mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. And that kind of maybe that goes into one of my big big takeaways here. I, I don't really have positives and negatives because a lot of these are really positives from a game like today. Um, so let's just go ahead and, and kick things off with one of mine that kind of tie into that stat and the Thunder's versatility. You know, the Thunder are doing all this with, like I mentioned, uh, I keep calling him J Rob because I'm in the J Will J Dub habit right now. Uh, but Jeremiah Robinson Earl being out, obviously Chet Holmgren's out. Now, Poku's potentially out for a little bit. They've had all these injuries. They're playing lineups where Kendrick Williams is a true big for a handful of games. Now, I want to say at least the last three. Uh, there's been certain lines where we've seen that. I, I saw possessions today, uh, especially in the second half, where Aaron Wiggins was rolling and, and kind of playing down low as a big man on offense. And obviously, it just that goes to the Thunder's versatility. And not just on the offense side of the ball. We've seen it defensively as well. Kendrick Williams guarding uh, Jacob's favorite player that he's wanted the, the Thunder to pick up for forever now, Zach Collins of the Spurs. <laughs> for you longtime listeners, you will uh, remember that reference. But the fact that the Thunder are able to play that way, and not only play that way, but shoot, that's when they really kind of uh, went on a run there in the fourth quarter. It's just really, really impressive. Uh, it says a lot about the players and, and the the kind of players that the Thunder have put in this put on this team and, and how they're able to play together, their synergy, obviously. And, and again, just the overused term, but the versatility goes to Presti and the front office, how they're constructing this team and Dagnall and the coaching staff and how they're coaching this team and just kind of the plug and play method that they have. If somebody's out next man up mentality, uh, Mike Muscala mentioned that in his post game, you know, obviously they were upset that Puka was down, but next man up mentality, they're able to, kind of maintain that 
and, and step up big <laughs> when the, the team really needed them. It doesn't matter if they don't have a true big on the floor. They're able to play the same style of ball on each side. And, and I just think that's really, uh, really impressive. Uh, like I said, I think Kenrich and Wiggins uh, playing some small ball. <laughs> I can't talk small ball five there. It's kind of the epitome of that and something I wanted to mention. That kind of goes, I guess, in, well into another one of my big themes, maybe the biggest theme of all. Um, I actually included this as my player of the game. I stole one from the Ballet Sports broadcast, as I tweeted, because they did this as well. For their player of the game, and for my player of the game, the Thunder Bench. Not one specific player, because the Thunder Bench had 68 points, which, per the broadcast, is the second most in OKC history, which is incredibly impressive um i'm trying to remember i'm going to scroll up here to the well maybe not really great podcasting um however i had this pull up somewhere they shot 56 percent from the floor i believe when i was totaling this up pregame they only missed let's see four five six seven ten ten 17 so i mean they shot incredibly well from three um just provide some pretty incredible minutes as well. I'm looking at some of these players like basically got 21 minutes. Muscala, 21 minutes. Wiggins, 24 minutes. I thought he was incredible. Trey Mann, obviously, great game. Almost gave him player of the game. 28 points. Uh, Isaiah Joe, 15 minutes. And Kenrich. Mentioned a lot of Kenrich earlier on. Only 17 minutes tonight, which is kind of interesting. Uh, some of these other guys were getting more burned. But all to say, the Thunder Bench, which is pretty phenomenal. And like I said, I think that kind of ties into a lot of things I mentioned uh, mentioned earlier. Also, the Thunder shooting. It's kind of an honorable mention. I don't think I have that as an overall uh, theme. That kind of ties into <laughs> with the Thunder's bench contribution and how well they played. Uh, as a whole, the Thunder shot 53% from the floor tonight, 46 of 86, which is fantastic. And even better than that, something we've harped a lot on this season, uh, we've seen the Thunder struggle with. And some of these games that they do lose often can be, uh, you can point to the three-point shooting as a, a large contributing factor to that. Tonight, 54% from the floor, 13 to 24. Uh, surprisingly, sometimes the, the Thunder, or oftentimes it seems like the Thunder will outshoot their opponents from three, even though they're not very efficient. Tonight, they took five less three-pointers than the Spurs did, but obviously were more efficient on that end of the floor. Uh, shooting over 50% from three will absolutely do it. And a lot of that, uh, the reason I bring that up is because a lot of that, I think, can be contributed to that bench unit and how they, they were able to play. Honorable mention here. Uh, I, I mentioned Trey Mann, obviously, but Mike Muscala, 19 points, 5 of 8 from the floor, 3 of 5 from 3. Actually, 6 free throws, which is really interesting for Muscala. He was, again, having to play more of the true big man role. I don't even know if I want to call it that, but uh, maybe having to play a little more down low with, with Poka being injured, which is the reason maybe for more of those those free throw attempts. But nonetheless, huge game for Muscala. Kind of led the bench there alongside Trey Mann. So those are uh, a couple of my big or, uh, with an honorable mention, uh, some of my big takeaways there. Another one is Shea's defense. Another stat from our guy, Nick Crane. Shea has blocked the same amount of shots as Rudy Gobert. That is uh, kind of wild. Obviously, there's a lot of context to be taken into that one. Rudy's been out. He's been injured some. But nonetheless, it just shows Shea's impact on the defense and the floor and how he's really utilizing his length more on that end when it comes to and has worked on his timing. Uh, he's not fouling as much. He, he's able to get some of those blocks. We talked a lot about that with Poku. Shea's doing that as well. Um, maybe that can be contributed to coaching, but a lot of that is effort. Uh, Shea mentioned post game taking his defense personal. 
He's mentioned that a couple different times this season uh, with some of his big defensive games. Obviously, tonight is one of them. And then Dignall had a, a quote post game, the care factor on that end of the floor uh, being big for Shea. And I think we're really seeing that throughout this season. The fact that Shea's doing what he's doing on the offensive end of the floor and still doing this defensively, especially on a night like tonight where he's not just, you know, going like he did the other night, 40 points or whatever, um, and is able to impact the game on both ends of the floor. It's just really phenomenal. It's all NBA stuff. It's beyond all-star. It's superstar like we've talked about. And I don't even think I've rattled off his defensive stats for tonight. Let's see. Two steals, four blocks. And I was going to say, I think he only had one foul. No, two fouls. Still. <laughs> Pretty absurd stuff from Shea. And so the reason I really like that one, you know, like I said, we could talk about Shea's game every single night. And, and that could be a positive or that could be a big takeaway. But tonight, you know, like I said, 28 points, 9 of 14 shooting, 10 of 11 from the free throw line, typical Shea stuff. But the thing that really stood out to me was his defense. Uh, and that's maybe another good transition here. Some of these teams are connecting together perfectly, which I like to see. The fourth quarter defense, but particularly a theme that we're seeing here defensively, which is the zone defense. It seems like the Thunder are playing more of like a 3-2 zone, but it's a little more versatile than that. It's kind of like a matchup zone, uh, but there's times where it looks like a 1-2-2 two, two zone. There's even times where the ball will get swung in the corner, and the way the Thunder have a player drop and, and help defensively. They don't mention that in a quote, the help defense and how that's improved throughout the season, uh, particularly during the fourth quarter. But when that happens and they're playing that zone, it almost looks like a 2-3 zone at that point. Like It's very interesting. It's, a, it, again, very versatile zone defense, uh, more of a matchup zone defense, but it's very effective. And that's where you know Jacob and I were talking about this after the game. It's where you, you start to see a lot of these steals. Uh, for example, that J-Dub steal, which he, you know, he dove for uh, to keep the ball out of uh, inbounds and then tips it to Trey Mann. Obviously, Shea getting these steals and deflections. I think this zone, even Giddy. Uh, that helps him defensively. He's not having to match up with some of these perimeter players one-on-one out in the perimeter where he's not quite as effective. He's able to uh, play back in the zone defense and utilize his size. Like it, it plays to a lot of these players' strengths. And one thing that's really exciting, we're talking about this year's players and, and, and this zone kind of playing to their strengths, but think about next year. This is something that Jacob and I were talking about. I think Jacob and Derek Parker, a friend of the podcast, were talking about. Imagine next season. When it's Chet and Poku Dentlo in that 3-2 or 1-2-2, whatever you want to call it, you have like J-Dub and Dort on the wings or J-Dub and Giddy or whoever it may be, uh, shoot J-Dub and, and Shea. And then, you know, whoever you want to put up top, <laughs> one of those other guards that you don't have. Uh, I, I, you know, you have them at the point of the 3-2 or the 1-2-2. Two, two, and then you have those other long versatile guards on the wings. Talk about deflection, stills, and rim protection. That's really exciting and something to keep an eye on. Like you don't see a lot of zone defense in the NBA. It's what you always have heard growing up, uh, watching basketball. But we're seeing more and more of it in recent years and specifically with the Thunder, more and more of it, especially this year. Jacob was telling me when he was watching live uh, in the arena tonight, it didn't seem like it happened after a, like a made basket, we're playing zone or like, you know, the, the ball slows down transition, we're playing zone or even like we're just playing zone and zone only. So even, uh, you know, get back in transition and set up the zone defense wasn't any of that. It's more of a play call. Just like when Shea or Getty's dribbling the ball up um, and Dagnall calls out a play call or one of one of the two-point guards uh, and then call a play call on the offense. Seems like that's kind of the case here defensively. So something to keep an eye on. 
can get an eye on continue to watch throughout the season, especially as we head into next year when you're getting Chet and whoever they take next year in the draft. Uh, just really exciting and something, like I said, to keep an eye on there. Finally, let's see. I think the last two I have, Giddy's been big impact. I'll kind of just I'll go a little more short on this one so I can touch on Trey Manta and the podcast. But um, Giddy had seven points, seven rebounds, eight assists. It was only three of 11 from the floor, which is kind of surprising when you see that stat line. Uh, obviously, if he's a little more efficient, he's very, very close to a triple-double. Um, but overall, I thought he played a really good game. And when he's playing that way offensively, I, I mean, obviously you, you want to see him be a little more efficient. I like the 11 shot attempts. I think that's a pretty good number for him, especially with, I, I guess, Lou Dort was under the weather. That's why he didn't play a ton tonight. That was another post-game, post-game quote from Dignall. I apologize for my dog uh, snoring back there, <laughs> if you all heard that. Uh, but I guess Dort was uh, a little under the weather, which is why he didn't play a ton tonight, uh, 22 minutes and didn't close the game. Regardless, I like that shot attempt number from Giddy. If he's a little more efficient, I think that silent looks even better. My point in bringing that up is I think this is kind of the perfect, Yeah, this is where you can see Giddy fitting alongside Shea. In fact, I thought he played so well in that fourth quarter. He was kind of the catalyst there, uh, him and Jada, running that, that second unit in the fourth quarter that went on that huge run before Shea came back in, which is why I was so surprised that Giddy took him out. Or sorry, Giddy took him out. Gosh, Mark took him out. And put in, uh, I believe it was J Dub again, or maybe maybe it's just Shay. I don't know. It's all running together now. Regardless, Giddy did not come back in the game. I Jacob brought up a good point. Him and I were talking about this. Like it that 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 lineup went on a really good run, and therefore Thunder go up twenty. Doesn't really make a sense. A lot of sense to put Giddy back in the game. Therefore, that's why he didn't see the floor the rest of the game. But. Nevertheless, something to keep an eye on. Uh, I just found it interesting when I thought he had a really impactful game, even though he wasn't shooting well. So, Giddy, which is kind of a, one I wanted to throw out there as a big takeaway. And then finally, Trey Mann is back. Trey Mann, 17 points, 5 of 11 shooting, 3 of 6 from 3, which is the biggest thing there, uh, combined with 4 of 4 from the free throw line. And 28 minutes off the bench, led all bench players. Thought he played fantastic tonight. Obviously, Dayton did as well. He was asked about it post-game, and Dayton said, the blue thing delivered its purpose. It's reset him. And I think that's pretty huge. We saw Trey Mann just go absolutely supernova uh, in two games, I believe, down there in Vegas for the G League uh, showcase. Comes back and is just more aggressive. I found this really interesting. I think Andrew Schlecht was talking about this. He asked uh, Mark Dayton here, and I, and I missed this until Andrew was talking about it, but um, he asked Daynal post game, probably like last week, kind of about uh, Trey Man or oh gosh, what, what was it? Yeah, it was Trey Man um, and and his aggressiveness and um, oh god, I, I'm probably getting this wrong. Regardless, in Daynal's answer, he mentioned Trey Man and Lou Dort specifically. Uh, Lou Dort being on one end of the spectrum where he's maybe a little too aggressive, you want to hone that in, and Trey Man and Jade. Uh, the question was about J-Dub. J-Dub and Trey Mann on the other end of the spectrum where they aren't quite aggressive enough, um, but at the same time wanting all those to fit within the offense. You don't want, you know, these players come in with these these habits that it's just the way they play the game. You don't want to take that away from them, but you want to hone it in into how it kind of fits under the offense. So you want Lou to be aggressive as a player, but not, too, not overly aggressive to where it's a detriment to the offense. On the flip side, 
you're happy that Trey Mann and J-Dub are team players, but you want them to be a little more aggressive for the betterment of themselves as well as obviously the team overall. Found that really interesting that he he mentioned those in his his answer. And so Trey Mann going to the, the – the reason I bring that up, Trey Mann going to the G League, performing as he did, coming back here and, and having the night that he did tonight, obviously being much more aggressive. That's something we – Trey Mann just kind of shied away from shots. He wasn't taking shots. The shots he was taking were, weren't good because he was hurting and wasn't confident in them. And seeing him take 11 shots tonight and, and being efficient, I think was just not only a huge confidence booster for Trey, but for the coaching staff. And I hope that he can just ride this momentum moving forward here especially heading into the all-star break here in another month or so. So Trey Mann, another big takeaway that I had. Let's see, player of the game, like I mentioned, I, I cheated one with the Thunder bench, 68 points, second most in OKC Thunder history. A lot of fun stuff. I'm going to go ahead and uh, go through some of these comments. Appreciate all of you jumping in. Let's see, Amen. J-Dub has some of the best finishing around the rim. He does. Like I mentioned Amen. The the one that really stood out to me was there, I believe it was the fourth quarter, where he had that spin move down low, which, you know, most players just lay that up. He uses his length to be able to go for a one-handed slam, which is absolutely incredible. Not to mention his really impressive off-ball IQ, uh, or his basketball IQ in general, which leads to that off-ball movement. Him constantly slashing, cutting to the basket, leading to some of these wide-open dunks that we've seen. For example, that giddy laser pass there in the fourth quarter. So I, I could not agree more. Super exciting. And then add that with his on-ball <laughs> uh, skills. It's just really, really exciting. Uh, looking at that J-Will bet with Silva. Gosh, Eamon, I can't even remember which one that one is. Uh, oh, J-Will charges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the one that I had where um, the loser of that bet, I believe, has to go to Paycom next year at a home game and take, I think I said three charges from random strangers. Uh if J. Will doesn't get a certain amount of charges, I'm going to have to look into that and, and see the specifics because I'm, I'm a little worried. J. Will's not getting a ton of playing time. David Skelton. I love trying to figure out each night who else is going to break out next to Shea. That's a really great point, David. And that kind of goes to the, the versatility uh, big takeaway that I had earlier. Like, like I said, sometimes it's Isaiah Joe, like we've seen over the past couple of weeks. Tonight, it's guys like Trey Mann, Mike Muscala. We've seen Aaron Wiggins be that guy. Obviously, we've seen Lou Dort, uh, Josh Giddy be that guy. Sometimes it's Poku, and a lot of times it's been J-Dub. So uh, it's just, it, it is really exciting. Lots to be excited about with this Thunder team. It just goes to the strength and depth of this team that they're building so early. Uh, it's really exciting. Let's see. Amen mentioned uh, the the classic Silva sounder, which I, I don't have on me right now, but you know it's Jacob Clip saying, as much as I hate Rudy Gobert, would have been perfect timing earlier. I wish I had it. Kamiar uh, says, I look fantastic this evening. XOXO. Thank you, Kamiar. Love you. Go Blues. Our, our Chelsea boys won this morning. It's pretty exciting. They played really well. But uh, uh, Reese James got hurt again. So, you know, um, might have to jump on. the the Our, our fellow friends, the Blue, Blue Wire podcast family member, um, Chelsea podcast. The Why am I going blank on this? Gosh, I'm going blank on the name of the podcast. Anyways. I have a lot of thoughts on, on, on Chelsea right now, but a lot of exciting stuff there. Shout out Kamiar. And then finally, Eamon, if J-Will plays more NBA games than G League games, Silva has to take their charges. That's that's what it was. Thank you, Eamon. Boy, I got I to gotta hope for for some J-Will minutes here, especially if Poku's out long-term. That can help me out with my bet. Otherwise, I'm going to be in trouble. Uh, I'll maybe take some charges and pay calm next year like I'm J-Will. 
All right, friends, let's see now that we have this uploaded. I don't have to do, do a cold outro. I can play some music. Game as the Thunder win 130-114 against the San Antonio Spurs. Um, really excited to be able to break this one down with y'all it's been a while since i've done posting the podcast so i had a lot of fun with it appreciate everyone in the chat this is really bad post game podcasting again but i was going to pull up the schedule like i mentioned the thunder just wrapped up a seven game homestand now they're back on the road play the charlotte hornets thursday december 29th before coming back uh, against the Philadelphia 76ers for their annual New Year's Eve game back at Paycom. As always, the test crew will have you all covered. I believe Saturday we are not going to do a post game. We're going to save that for a Sunday post game, New Year's Day post game, or sorry, post game group pod. So be sure to stay tuned. Like I said, appreciate all of you jumping in. As always, Thunder Up. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.